God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. Jesus Christ, He is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. Jesus Christ, He is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when He lived and walked among people, and He makes a difference today because He was raised from the dead and He is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. We have a very exciting program today. We'll hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together regarding the topic of living God's Word. Our interview segment is with Ken Petty, an author, teacher, and minister of God's Word from Tucson, Arizona. Ken will share with us some of his heart and insight regarding our identification with Christ. Let's start off with this song, To Know You by Casting Crowns. To know you is to never worry for my life and to know you is to never give in or compromise and to know you is to want to tell the world about you cause I can't live without you.
This week, I'd like to continue in our teaching segment with the topic that we covered last week in the confession of God's Word and how the Word of God is seed that is to be planted in the soil of our hearts. Uh, Before we get into that, though, what I'd like to do is relate to an incident that happened to me last night. I was at the grocery store and picking up some ice cream. Walking towards me was a young couple, and the young lady... You could see the distress on her face that she was uh, very uncomfortable and in uh, some sort of pain. As I approached the couple, I I said, is everything okay? And she said, well, that she was having rib pain and she was noticeably pregnant, probably eight months or more. And I said, well, would you like me to pray for you? Because it's God's will for you to not be in pain. And both her and the young man she was with said, yes, absolutely, and their faces just lit up. I said, well, okay. The young man, he held her hand, and I put my hand on her shoulder, and we prayed for the discomfort to be gone and for her baby to be healthy and for her to be healthy. We just gave thanks to God for the baby's life and for her life. And she was just so blessed after I prayed Uh, The discomfort had left. Uh, She had a huge smile on her face, and she was just so thankful because in that short little encounter, not more than a minute or two, it confirmed in her heart that God loved her. I thought that was pretty exciting last night. I, I love those God moments. There is no coincidence. Uh, No matter where we are as God's children, We can make the decision to get involved in another person's life and allow the Spirit of God to move and for people to get touched by God's love and by God's grace. So I thought that would bless you uh, to hear that. And I certainly enjoyed being able to have the privilege to pray for that young lady. Now let's move into the topic in God's Word of speaking his word and believing his word. And I think I need to clarify that the confession of God's word, speaking God's word, is not a formula, nor is it a method to try to get something out of God. 
The confession of God's word is the beginning of preparing your heart to receive into evidence all that the Father has available for you today. It's not a mechanical method of, well, if I recite the verse of Scripture 50 times or say that prayer 50 times, then that verse of Scripture is going to come to pass in my life. No, that's not what it's about. The confession of God's Word is the planting of the seed of the Word of God in the heart. If I don't speak the Word of God to myself, then the seed has not been planted in my heart. The planting of the seed of the Word of God is the speaking of the Word of God. It's not a mechanical thing. It's not a method whereby we think we will eventually twist God's arm and get him to perform for us. That's not it. It's a heart issue, and we are to write the Word of God upon the table of our heart by confessing and meditating on God's Word. Remember last week we read in Psalm 45, verse 1, My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And we also read in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3, Write God's word upon the table of your heart. And we can't forget Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The words that you speak are being written on your heart. When we speak God's words of light, then our life shows forth peace, love, grace. A relationship with God is clearly evident. When we speak words of darkness, then our life will evidence depression sickness, need, and desperation. You know, for the most part, we've really never been taught or shown the power contained in words. God spoke light into being in Genesis chapter 1. By the power of the spoken word, God reordered his creation in the book of Genesis. Jesus stated in the Gospel of John chapter 6 verse 63, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. God's word, it's a living word. It carries life and power. The very power of God to bring someone from death unto life is contained in the believing of God's word. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 state that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We are to confess or speak that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart the word of God regarding God's declaration that he raised Jesus from the dead. In order to receive eternal life, we don't believe that the sunset is beautiful though it is. In order to receive eternal life, we don't believe that chocolate syrup tastes great, though it does. It's in the believing of the Word of God. That is what brings deliverance unto eternal life. It's in the believing of the Word of God that we see our prayers answered, and it is in the Word of God that we learn to know the framework within which our life is to be lived. Let's take a look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. 
one of my all-time favorite verses. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That is a verse that I have memorized. That is a verse that I think about many times throughout the day. I talk to God about that verse. I have written that verse upon my heart. It lives there. It's real to me. It's not just words on paper. It's a living word. With that verse of Scripture living in my heart, I do not believe that my life is a series of coincidences. It is God working within me when I have the desire or the impulse to talk to someone about God, whether it be at the grocery store or the gas station or the library, the bank, wherever I might be. It's God at work within me when I offer to pray for someone that I've just met who I can tell or know is hurting. It's God working within me when I have the thought to not follow the GPS in the car and to go a different route than usual because God knows what's up ahead by following that still, small voice of my Heavenly Father within, I may have just saved myself a traffic backup. This triggers in my mind an incident from this past spring when I was driving down Interstate 55 outside of Chicago, going 60 miles an hour, and right in front of me, a compact car got bumped by a semi-trailer and it crashed into the center median literally right in front of my car. I was able to stop, thankfully, before hitting the stopped car. It was pretty intense there for a few moments, a couple seconds, as the semi teetered back and forth and as cars zoomed past in the other lanes. I got out of the car and I approached the young driver of the crashed vehicle. The semi-driver, well, he was yelling at the kid and, and cars just continued to fly by. The young driver, he was pretty shaken and he was about ready to cry. I asked him if I could pray for him, and he said yes. We prayed, and his heart settled down. After praying, as the emergency vehicles were on their way, I drove off, and I continued to pray in the Spirit for that young man. You know, it was no coincidence that I was on the road at that location at that time. If the Creator of the heavens and the earth lives in you, the one who knows the end before the beginning, and if he has promised in his word that he will work within you to will and to do of his good pleasure, well, life takes on a whole new meaning, and it is an entirely exciting adventure. God is love. When you know that he is love, and that he loves you, and that he loves people, that which he works within you will always be loving. It will always be giving. It will always make known the Father. There's no such thing anymore as a boring day. Not with the Spirit of God living within, working within, to will and to do of his good pleasure. How does all this tie in to the confession of God's word? Well, I had to at one time read Philippians 2.13 and I had to have read it more than once. I memorized that verse. Then I talked to God about that verse, asking him to teach me to recognize his working within, to recognize his voice. That is writing the word of God on the table of your heart. God is no respecter of persons. 
He makes known his truth to everyone, and he is more than willing to will and to do of his good pleasure in your heart. It's not just a superficial quoting and then a repeating of that word, because that word is a living word, and it's to be acted upon. Sometimes I hear people say, well, such and such will happen if it be God's will. That is a very haphazard way to pray, think, and live. It is available to know God's will by knowing his word. His word is his will. To know the Father, we can look at the life of Jesus Christ. The word of God says in Third John that God desires above all that we be in health. Did Jesus Christ ever make anyone sick to teach them a lesson or to make them more humble? Never. Yet I've heard some say that God brings heartache and sickness to teach a lesson or to make one humble. Our life is not to be a if-it-be-God's-will kind of life, not knowing what his will is. Our life is to be one within which we know God's will because we know his word and we live that word by taking heed to God's working within our heart and life. What do we do with our minds throughout the day? Do we think about what we are thinking about? Or do our thoughts just float through the day with no purpose, no goal in sight? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, let's read verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We do live in the flesh in this world. Yet our engagement in spiritual warfare in this world is not in the flesh. Our weapons are mighty through God. They are powerful. How powerful and mighty are they through God? Let's read verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We are to cast down imaginations, false thoughts, and ways of thinking that exalt themselves above God's word. It's not to be my way, it's to be God's way. Bring captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. How are we to demolish our thoughts that are contrary to God's word? How do we bring captive every thought to Christ? Romans chapter 13 verse 14 gives us a clue. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. What is it to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? To put on literally means to be clothed with. We are to put on in our thinking the mind of Christ, which is to think God's word. When we have the thoughts of the world, we will make allowances for the flesh, and we will then live out the lusts of the flesh. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24 further explain a little bit more about what we're to put on. Verse 22, that you put off concerning the former behavior, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind 
verse 24, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Where does behavior begin? It begins first with a thought. We are to put off the old man and be renewed in the heart of our mind. That renewing will happen as we put on the righteous and holy new man which is created in Christ. God is not going to control your mind and make you think a certain way. You decide what you will dwell upon and think. We are to put on the mind of Christ. If throughout the day I am thinking about lying, cheating, unforgiveness, and I'm living for the devil, even though I may have the Spirit of God and be born again, thinking like that, how would I ever be able to recognize God working within me to will and to do of his good pleasure? I wouldn't. God is looking to work within those whose heart is humble toward him, those who are obedient to his direction and instruction. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, tremendous verse here. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are not to be molded to the ways of this world. Rather, we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our responsibility is to renew the mind by putting on the mind of Christ, by thinking God's word, by bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. God's word is a living word. It's alive. It's powerful. His spirit dwells within his children. The word of God, in combination with the spirit from God, will transform the life of an individual. We are to set our thoughts on things above, not on things on the earth. Our true life is hid with Christ in God. When we think and live that way, we will show what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. We'll begin in verse 1. Since ye then be risen with Christ, seek or diligently pursue after those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your thoughts on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Our old life is dead. Our new and real life is hid with Christ in God. Let's continue in verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, or demolish, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. And here they are. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil affections, and evil cravings, and covetousness, all of which are idolatry. Verse 6, For which things sake... The wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, 
malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Verse 10, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things, put on charity, and charity here, that is the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. That charity, that love, is the bond of perfectness. Verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Where is that word going to dwell? It's going to dwell in your heart, in your mind. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. We are to put on the mind of Christ. We are to put on what God has created within us spiritually at the new birth. And the way that we put that on is to write upon the table of our heart the Word of God to the end of that. It lives within us because it's a living Word. It's alive. And that living Word brings deliverance. It brings health. It brings abundance. It brings the peace of God wherever it's lived. Remember Proverbs chapter 423? Keep thy heart with all diligence. And that word keep means to guard. To guard above all that you guard or all that is kept. For out of it, out of the heart, are the issues of life. Let your tongue be the ready writer upon the table of your heart so that you might live the good and acceptable will of God by allowing God to work within you to will and to do of his good pleasure. desire to live every moment for you your spirit has set me on fire 
To learn and to speak and to do And where you lead I will follow you, Lord I'll lay down my ego and pride By losing myself I am finding the joy Of walking in newness of life Open the eyes of my understanding Give me the wisdom to walk in your way And grant me the vision to see so much bigger To love without judgment And walk every day more like Christ Father, open my eyes Let the works of my hands glorify you that my life might minister grace Let the words of my lips be your pure words Seasoned and sweet to the taste And where you lead I will follow you, Lord I'll lay down my ego and pride By losing myself I am finding the joy of walking in newness of life. Open the eyes of my understanding. Give me the wisdom to walk in your way. And grant me the vision to see so much bigger, to love without judgment. And walk every day more like Christ Father, open my eyes And where you lead, I will follow you, Lord I'll lay down my ego and pride by losing myself, I am finding the joy Of walking in newness of life And open the eyes of my understanding Give me the wisdom to walk in your way And grant me the vision to see so much bigger to love without judgment And walk every day more like Christ Father, open my eyes Open my eyes
Today our guest is Ken Petty from Tucson, Arizona. Ken is an author, teacher, and minister of God's Word. He has traveled the United States, Europe, and Asia, teaching God's Word and ministering God's deliverance to many people from many different backgrounds. Our topic of discussion today with Ken is our identification in Christ. Welcome, Ken. Well, thank you, Greg. It's Great wonderful to, to be here. Thank you. Great to have you here today. Now, Ken, for several years, uh, your study of Scripture is focused on the study of our identification in Christ. That's correct. What was it that motivated you to concentrate in that area of the Scriptures? Well, I had been a Christian minister, a leader for a number of years, ordained clergyman, and I realized that I was intimidated by people around me. I found my identification more in a group of people. And then I was given an assignment that took me into studying the book of Romans very intensely for a period of about four months. And it was as I was going through the book of Romans that I saw the great truths of our, our identification with Christ and that's when it changed my life. I just saw that our true identity is what God has already given us in Christ rather than trying to find our identity in something else like a group or an organization. In light of that, Ken, in our identification in Christ, is there a specific aspect of that identification that you think is most needful for the church today? Yeah, I believe that we're still so much into our works and our efforts to make things happen uh, that it's almost a revelation for people to realize that God has already finished the work through Jesus Christ and that we don't have to work so hard, but God just simply wants us to get in alignment with what he's already doing. And that takes the pressure off us, and it makes it very easy for us to do things and to really uh, see how much God is willing to accomplish through our lives and ministries. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a wonderful truth to recognize that he's done it all. There's Amen. nothing Amen. for us to do but believe. Living in this world which continually endeavors to keep God's children from knowing who they are in Christ because of or by way of the circumstances and situations we find ourselves in, is there a process, and I don't know if process is the right word, but is there a, a process or an insight that you've seen in God's Word that would help us as God's children to rise above the world and live who we are in Christ? Yeah, I was actually invited this weekend to come here to teach, and uh, I was teaching this morning on the topic of identification. It was uh, part of the teaching, and it's a verse from... Colossians, it's a very simple verse. It says, you are dead. And if we have an awareness that our old life really is dead and that we our life is hid with Christ in God and to realize that I'm not going to find my life out in the world, but only as I focus on Jesus Christ and who I am in him, am I going to really see what my life is all about? Mm -hmm. So that's where we've got to put our focus, as you say, in our, our mind and just immerse ourselves really in God's Word and get rid of the distractions of the world. Yeah, because it is a process. We have to keep bringing our thinking back. Uh, we keep looking at ourselves, and we just stay miserable because we're all flawed people, mm -hmm. every one of us. And we look at other people, and we, 
we get disappointed. Mm-hmm. And but when we look at Jesus Christ, it's it's very easy to stay encouraged because he never disappoints mm-hmm. and he never leaves us miserable when our focus is on him. Right, right. That's awesome. Well, most recently, uh, what has God been teaching you? And I know God has been teaching you something about our identification in Christ. What is it most recently? Well, I was looking at a verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's verse 18. And it says, but we all with open face. And it's actually in the Greek. It's the word unveiled face. When you look at the context of 2 Corinthians, it's all about Moses. And when Moses would go up into the mountain to talk to God, he came back down, his face was shining. And when he came down, when the people saw him, they couldn't stand to look on Moses. So they told him, put a veil on your face. And then when he would go back into the presence of God, he'd go into the tabernacle, then he would come back out and again his face was shining he'd have to put the veil on his face he'd come back into the presence of god he took the veil off and when it says we all with unveiled face and what it's talking about is being in the presence of god beholding us in a glass or a mirror the glory of the lord is to really see as we look in the mirror we see our true life our true selves And we see that God has made us to be like Christ. And when we see ourselves that way and we keep our focus that way, it says we're changed into the same image from glory to glory. So the great key in changing in our life is what are we putting our focus on? If we look within ourselves, we never will see that glory. But when we look into Christ and we realize that God has made us like him, then we start to see our life changing. We become more and more like Christ in our daily life. We become more loving. We become more peaceful. We become more joyful. So that's uh, lately what I've really been seeing on our identification with Christ. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful way to live, to, to be able to walk the way Jesus Christ walked, do the same works he did. Yeah, and that's what the Bible tells us that we can do. Mm, Boy, that's a, that's a wonderful goal to have and a, a vision to have for sure. Yeah. Well, you believe, I know, in the operation of the power of God, the manifestations of Holy Spirit, and you've traveled the United States and around the world ministering God's Word. Is there one particular incident that stands out in your heart where you saw the mighty hand of God bring deliverance to someone? Yeah, and um, actually I shared this testimony. This this, uh, happened at our home a number of years ago, a wonderful testimony. Uh, One of the musicians that was here this weekend, a man named Scott Powell, it was actually his wife, but before they got married, and it was back at our home back maybe six years ago, I believe it was, and she had come from Mexico, and God had put it on her heart to come up there. She could not speak English. Uh, She couldn't even understand English. And also, she had been going deaf for a number of years. And so she came, and for the whole weekend, she really wasn't understanding between uh, going deaf and uh, not being able to understand English. She really wasn't hearing anything going on. And that morning, uh, we did communion. I was teaching on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And she said as she was there, 
all of a sudden her ears she could hear and she could understand everything I was saying as if I was speaking Spanish. Wow. Yeah, and what a, a great miracle, great working of the power of God. And then God gave her a vision, and in the vision she saw, she felt like somebody homeless, very dirty, and Jesus Christ appeared to her and when shining with these shining garments and put those garments on her. So God did all of that for her in just a, a matter of just moments. Mm. And uh, to me, what an incredible testimony of what God can do in an individual's life. That's wonderful. The garments of righteousness, that's what I think of. Yeah, yeah exactly, that. yeah. I know later this afternoon you're going to meet with uh, the young people here in the Aurora Naperville area, and I know you have a heart for the young people and for them to to grasp a hold of the vision and the greatness of who they are in Christ. Maybe you could just share a little bit with us of that heart and the fellowship. We grew up in in one generation, and maybe uh, we're used to doing things a certain way. Maybe God has directed us that we should do it this way. And I'm just concerned that with the youth that we don't impose that same pattern on the youth, that maybe what worked at one time is not what God wants for another time. And so we need to encourage the youth and the young adults. You look to God. You let God direct because God may be directing them in a way a lot different than the way he directed us. Mm -hmm. And so they need to really have confidence in the working of God in their life so that they can truly let God direct their paths instead of looking to uh, leaders to tell them you should be doing this. And so I'm very interested as I meet with the youth to get their perspective and I told them, I just want to ask them questions. I want to see what God is working in their hearts and lives and where God may be directing them. Mm, that's that's wonderful because that really ties into what you shared this morning too. Yeah. Letting the Spirit of God work within you and then being obedient. That's right. Yeah. And and giving people then instead of, you know, we if we're going to teach it, then we've also got to give them the privilege of being able to apply mm -hmm. that in their own lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I know for several years you've held what you have described or called fellow laborers weekends. Uh, they first started out in your home, and then you moved to a hotel in the Tucson area. Would you like to give us a little heart behind that? Yeah. I had been teaching uh, some seminars at our home, and, and then God just put it on our heart. Well, why don't we add some some other things into it? And an important part was music, and we would invite, like, one mu musician I think the first one we invited, Rachel Barbera did an interview with you from California. She did the music. And then the second one, we invited Salarico and also Scott Pell came. But they each pretty much played their own music. And then Gino Meldrum came and to, to a labor's weekend. Well, then those musicians actually started getting to know each other and playing together. And it really grew where uh, now we'll do a labor's weekend. There might be 10 singers and musicians and uh, who will just 
sometimes it'll just be spontaneous. They just will get up there and start doing a song that God has put on their hearts. And it's been a great part of the laborers weekend. So laborers is, I will usually teach a topic God has put on my heart. There's been occasions when I've invited other people to teach. Uh, Scott Powell, I invited him to teach on praise and worship. Mm-hmm. And then Steve Carter, I invited to teach with me on servant leadership. So uh, there will be the, the, the teaching of the, from the scriptures. And there will be uh, a lot of times we'll have people share testimonies of what God has been doing in their life. And then we have the music. A lot of times now, Sunday morning, we will have a praise and worship service. And those have really been wonderful. So they've been real sweet times as we come together at a resort in Tucson. Real tender times. And we've seen the working of the Spirit of God in people's lives that have made those weekends really special weekends. Mm, I know I've had the privilege to be there a couple times and absolutely enjoyed it. And the Sunday nights, too, where you open it up to anybody to be able to. Yeah, we call the Sunday nights kind of open mic night. Uh, Anybody who wants to sing, they don't have to be you know, real experienced. I I say it's the time for the shower singers. If you want to bring it out of the shower and it's just an informal time. Some people, we uh, do it in a, at a resort. They have a a palm room that then uh, goes out into a patio area. And some people, they just want to sit around the tables outside and just talk, you know, people they haven't seen for a while. And and that's a time for them to do that. And then some people will be inside listening to the music. So it's a real informal time. And it's it's actually a very fun time because people can sing what they, whatever's on their heart to mm-hmm. sing. And it it's just kind of a very light, uh, relaxed end to the weekend. And the next one you've got coming up is December? 18th through the 20th. Okay. And again, we'll, we do it at the Westward Look Resort in Tucson, Arizona. And we've invited a number of musicians, you know, uh, Scott Powell, Gino, Aaron Schaefer is coming, mm-hmm. Rachel Barbera, and Andrew McGarry, and uh, Salarico, those are our invited singers, musicians. I would like to say one other thing about that, and this is something we've done from really the inception of the Labor's Weekends. When we talk to the singers, the musicians, we remind them that they are primarily ministers. Mm-hmm. They're, God, they're ministering to God's people. It's just that they're, they minister with a guitar or a keyboard and their voice. But they're not performing. They really are ministers. And we have been so blessed to see how greatly and how effectively they do minister so that the music has become such an uh, an important element in really bringing God's blessing into people's lives. And we've seen a great growth in each of their lives as they really see themselves as ministers. And now the doors have been open for these people then to go to a lot of other places now to also minister to other people throughout the country and other parts of the world. That's wonderful. And almost every single one of those musicians you mentioned, we've had on the show. Oh, okay. Which is which is yeah. wonderful. And the thing I see, like you say, they are ministers of the word because so much can happen in a song, you know, as much as 
what could happen in an hour teaching could take place in two minutes of music. And that's right. And the other thing, too, is we also, if they have something that they want to share in between songs, something God's put on their heart, they're certainly free to do that. Mm -hmm. And they often do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to try to make it there this December. If it's okay with you, I'll put a link to the application up on the website. Okay, that would be wonderful, yes. Okay, awesome. In closing, Ken, what's on your heart today that you would like to share with our listeners to encourage them in the things of God? Well, this weekend I've been teaching on a wonderful topic, and that is, oh, taste and see, experiencing the goodness of God. God wants more than us just to read the Bible and read about him and read about what he did for other people. As wonderful as that is, God really wants us to experience that in our own lives. And So that's what he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. If I would tell you about a wonderful restaurant that I went to and I described the food to you, then you know a little bit about the restaurant. But when you actually go to the restaurant, you sit down, you order, and then you eat the meal, you get to experience what the food really is like. Then you really know that that's a good restaurant. And that's what God wants us is to experience his goodness. And there are so many uh, records in the scriptures of men and women experiencing the goodness of God. And God didn't have them recorded so we could just read about them and go, wow, wouldn't it have been great to be there and to have seen that or experienced that? They're really written there for God to show us this is what I do. This is what I do, and this is what I want to do for you. So God will reveal himself as a God of healing, for instance, and uh, we will read records about people who got incredible miracles of healing. But God doesn't want us to say, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if you could have been there and Jesus could have healed you? What he's saying is, I'm still the same God today is I still heal today, and you can experience my healing today. And not only that, but Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And so when we look at records of men like Peter, like Paul, like Philip, and we see how they ministered healing and deliverance to people, And again, we don't have to just look at it and say, oh, gosh, wouldn't it have been wonderful to have been able to do that, to be one of the apostles or one of the disciples? Jesus said, he that believeth on me, and Greg, you and I, we both believe in him, and many out there who will listen to this, they also believe on him. And he was saying we could do the same works, Mm. and so we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We can walk with the power of God. We can walk doing miracles just like these people did. So we get to experience the goodness of God, not only in receiving for ourselves, but also in being able to minister and help other people so they get to see the goodness of God. So God is a very practical God. He, he doesn't want us just to have an, a, a lot of knowledge in our head so we can quote scripture, so we can talk about, you know, 
the great power of God, and we can recite back the miracles that people did. But God wants us to get this knowledge so that we see that we can also walk and we can today experience the goodness of God. And I think that's what I really see that above everything, the church needs to have the practice. They need to experience God in their own lives. And as we experience God, then it becomes easy to go reach out to somebody else because uh, if if I've seen God working in my life and I see somebody with a need, I can say, look, God can help you because I know because I had a need and he helped me. And I have a testimony, something I can share with them. And I have the confidence that the same God can also help other people. So I guess that would be the thing on my heart is to really ask God to reveal himself in a very practical way of what he wants to do in your life so that each of us can taste and see that the Lord is good. Wow, what a wonderful life we have available to live. We sure do. Ken, what would be the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you if they would either like to order some of your books, of which you've got quite a few out, or your teaching CDs, or bring you in to speak at their church or their Bible study? Well, the best way would be to contact me through my email address, which is the blessed life, T-H-E-B-L-E-S-S-E-D-L-I-F-E, the blessed life at msn.com. Or they, to find out what materials we have available, we have a website, Emmaus Road BF for Bible Fellowship, but just the initials, EmmausRoadBF.org. Okay, I'll put links up, too, for both of those. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you very much, Ken. It was great having you in the studio today. I appreciate you sharing your heart and your life. It's been wonderful being here, Greg. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. God bless you. God bless you.
Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. As an Ameriprise Financial Advisor, Mark Yaki is ready to help you put a confident retirement more within reach. Discover the one-to-one -one relationship you deserve. Call Mark Yaki, Certified Financial Planner, today at 630-955-1400. Office is located at 2323 Naperville Road, Suite 150, Naperville, Illinois. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Thank you for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show, and thank you to Ken Petty for sharing his heart and life. All of the Solution Radio Shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com, where you may re-listen at your convenience. There are also links to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. And coming up in the next week or two, it will be available to download the teachings and interview segments from the website as well as purchase a CD and we'll have info on that in the next couple shows and we'll also have that posted on the website also on the website there's a page for upcoming events Friday November 13th uh, there is a men's night of fellowship at the Compass Church in Naperville and that's going to be with Super Bowl champion and brother in Christ Don Beebe uh, we'll have information on that as well if you go to the website if you'd like your event listed, you can send the information to info at thesolutionradioshow.com. A reminder that the praise line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. Once again, the praise line number 844-705-3410. We will play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. Due to the wonders of modern technology, we have listeners in over 50 countries around the world and several hundred cities throughout the United States. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and your financial giving. All donations are tax-deductible. There is also a donation button on our website. Thank you for your support. It is greatly appreciated. Our mailing address is The Solution Radio Show, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Once again, that address, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you to our sponsor for this show, Ameriprise of Naperville. And some of the other underwriters for the show have included the Carter Group with offices in Chicago, Dallas, and Minneapolis, Integrity Mortgage and Financial in Colorado Springs, Colorado, John's Handyman Service in the Aurora, Naperville area, Wasatch Technology in Naperville, Morningstar Computer Training and Consulting in the Aurora, Naperville area. Please visit the sponsors page on our website to find out more information about the Solution Radio Show sponsors. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.